Finally. Okay, so we have our first guest, and for people who are going to be joining us on this podcast today, we are going to wait for the rest of our guests to join, so then we can finally start talking about the topic, which will be some characters that we are going to be talking about for a light novel. And it looks like we have everyone here. Great. Okay. So, to start. Character building for two characters. I go by the names of Topper and Mifubin. Which are characters created by our guest here, Yoshi. And Sichi, would you like to give a short, light, uh, well, you know, just a, uh, what would you call it? Not demonstration, but a explanation of the two characters. Just brief and short so we can get started to the rest on the topic. Um, well, Topper and Mofubin are twins of the sorts. They are henchmen. Well, I guess you can call it minions of a unknown being from our, from our story. His name is Karai, made by me. Um, basically, these two are just plain old dangerous when they come in fruition with each other. That's really the only thing I can say without spoiling a lot of what I had planned for them. So I'm just going to keep it off right there. And that sounds good for where we can leave it. So we are going to start character building for these two characters. So did you have any certain way that you wanted to go about their background or their backstories or something like that? Not that we're, we'll be going fully in depth with their um, uh, childhood and everything that like that, but... Something of the sorts just to give them a basis so then um, uh, when people are, you know, reading this light novel, they can get an understanding of the characters. Um, so what I had planned for them was, of course, I want them to have a definite meaning to, of course, my character, Sichi. Um, you know... As I've said before, like others, these guys have been here with Sichi ever since he was an, well at infant age when he was first introduced to Hell by Karai, of course. And overall, they really had a statement with each other, or a statement in Hell, if I should say. Um, what I really want for them is just like to have a more definite meeting to each other instead of you know like they were watching over Sichi, you know have. Yeah, basically washed over him and just did whatever he wanted. I mean, did whatever they wanted as far as watching and keeping as watching and keeping guard over Sichi. I'm sorry, I'm kind of stumbling over my words. It's all right. It's all right. That's what we're here for. I'm uh, just, you know, explain things. So you were basically saying that you want these characters to have more of a definite meaning than just the watchers and protectors of, or not protectors, but watchers and um, uh, things of those sorts of Sichi, you want them to have a more definite meaning in the story than just that place, and you want to make that a point by sort of trying to expand on their background while, while also not doing it just in the light novel, but in other aspects too, if, yeah. that, can make, if that makes sense. Yeah, basically. So now that we've got a basis for what we want to do and what we want to expand upon, 
now we can finally start talking about maybe pitching some ideas for something like that. Like, um, uh, my, one of my questions was going to be, did you want them to be actually twins? Like, were they going to have the same mother and father? Yes. Um, basically, right. what I had, basically what I had for them is, you know, at a young, at a young age, you know, their mom was kind of, their mom was kind of on her own. Their dad kind of left. Take that as you will. And, you know, ever since they got a train with each other, a couple years after that, they met up with their dad and furthermore learned training about what they can do. Um, I kind of, I kind of forgot which one is like illusion and time manipulation. I have to go back into my notes and see, but like further to see like how to actually perfect um, one's powers and basically strengthen it in a, in a way. All right. This is for a backstory there. And would it be all right if I pitched an idea? Sure. All right. Since in the story that we are going to be going off of in the quote-unquote present day of when the light novel starts, as far as we know, Topper and Mufubin do not have connections with their parents. Do you plan on that being the status quo for the entire series? Or are their parents going to be introduced again, or are they just going to be figures that are more or less were in the background of their stories and were not presented again? Um, I'll, so I'm go. I'm here's what I'm going to do. I'm going. So basically, what I'm planning is sometime along the story, if people have been reading like the story that I have so far in our Discord. Everybody knows that Mofubin and Topper has died by the hands of Sichi. Somewhere around the story, I'm going to have a little, I'm going to have a little, um, a little redemption arc for those two. A potentially, they get reborn, and their mother and father comes into the mix. Basically, it's like a family tag team, in a sense. Oh. Okay, that that sounds. That actually sounds interesting. Like, my story pitch was going to be, if you don't mind me. Of course, I don't care. Go ahead. All right. So, my story pitch idea was going to be, um, uh, since I didn't know if their mother, their mother and father were going to come into the picture again, that they, um, uh, eventually, they met Karai. And, you know, as we know, Karai is a very twisted character. And so what I was thinking was that since, you know, after, um, uh, you know, this is, of course, just rough drafting, uh, just something I was thinking of. Maybe their father left again and did something brutal before then. So they sort of wanted, you know, they sort of felt like even though he trained them, they sort of wanted to revive, sort of twisted their thoughts and made them kill their father and then eventually made them kill their mother. But we can take this in a different approach. But that could be a pitch idea. But I definitely do like the idea of the mother-father tag team. That is definitely a really cool idea. I really like to see how that plays out in the story. But that was just a my that was just sort of my idea of how things could play out. But I definitely think that I like the mother-father tag team idea a lot better than what I was thinking. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, 
being cry being who he is and you know being such a messed up person in a way in a sense you know as we as we so far have seen during the uh, story that I have posted for CT on the Discord, he Karai just does things for the amuse for his own amusement, basically. And I can see where you kind of got that pitch from. It kind of makes sense. No, not kind of. It actually makes sense because being who Karai is, I feel like he would do something like that. You know? Yeah. He he sees enjoyment in in death and slaughter. So something like that, definitely messing with someone's emotion or definitely messing with those two's emotions and then ending up making them kill their parents, which might be something they regret in the future, which, you know, is something along the lines of what Karai would, would, you know, find enjoyment out of. I just thought it would be, you know, a cool story pitch, which, you know, goes along the lines of what I think Karai or who he is as a character. But... Um, uh, if we're going to go with the idea of um, uh, them tag teaming, I sort of actually have an idea for what am um, uh, you know, Karai in, in this entire sense. Uh huh. Okay, so if you wouldn't mind me pitching my idea, go ahead. I don't care. All right. So my idea for this would actually be, um, uh, before Mufubin and Topper were born. Their, their birth was actually kind of set up by Karai in the terms of that Karai knew their father before they were born. And so Karai being the twisted man that he is and being the person that loves messing around with those kinds of things, maybe he was able to manipulate and, you know, sort of uh, convince their um, uh, now father to mate with a certain woman because he knew that these would these would make exceptionally strong warriors because of both of their traits. And so he being able to manipulate his father into falling in love with that with her. They had children, but the reason why his father left is because after that they gotten into an argument and then he remembered the entire reason why he even had children and it was because Karai manipulated him. And then after that, after Ma their mother and father had an argument. His dad couldn't overcome the grief of like basically feeling like he had this false love for this woman and he couldn't deal with it and he left. But then later on down the line when, you know, they're whatever age that you would assume he comes back because he felt like what he did wasn't the right thing because he felt that he was genuinely lo in love with that woman and then they end up re um, they end up rekindling their their relationship. They do find out that Topper and Mafubin die. That's the reason why they go and tag team against Sichi to get revenge for the children that they gave birth to and that they because they love each other also. And that that they were a re those children were a reminder that they actually had something between them and that it wasn't just something false because they wouldn't have done it just to do it. And that's my story pitch or my idea. No, we can actually we can actually roll with that. I don't, that sounds really good. Yeah, I kind of like that idea too. 
I mean, like, it's um, just something that sort of came off the top of my head, and of course... And I'll go further into it, and we can make tweaks to, with it, and to it, and all those things. But that's something, a rough draft that we can go off of, if that's something that you like. I mean, of course, sure, sure. Um, but in a sense, what I was going for a pitch for that, I mean, like, of course, I was going to go with what you're saying, but, like, the mother and father somehow incorporate themselves into working for Karai in a sense. Um, sorry, I can't speak. Um, so what I was no, thinking of, right. the mother and father, you know, like, they say, you know what? I, we kind of don't like the Atlas because of that. You know, we don't like how, you know, Sichi came in to our sons. We never really had a liking for Atlas because... In the in Alice's prime days, these the mother and father, of course, they were here. Much about Alice and what they can do, and such and such that they kind of gain a hatred for them, you know, like kind of like, kind of like a freezing go. Kind of like, yeah, okay, so if I can make a reference, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that, that makes sense. And I actually sort of have, uh, an idea for that. Would I mind pitching that? Sure. Would you mind me pitching that? Okay. So my idea would be that, you know, that in the history of Atlas, there were many battles and wars that were waged because of the fact that they held so much power in terms of physical and mental strength. And so was, you know, where they gained that hatred was maybe their race was in a war with Atlas and ended up being, you know, kind of depleted because of the war that they had with Atlas. And of course, when you see decreasing in numbers of population in terms of a war, of course you blame the other side. And so I would see that sort of happening with um, uh, um, uh, Topper Mafu. Mafubin's mother and father and so that's why they sort of have a hatred for Atlas and as I said before if we go with this idea um, uh, their father already had a connection with Karai and due to the fact that Karai was connected with his father he already knew that Karai knew what the Atlas could do and where they were and so he goes back to Karai for reference after their after um, uh, Mafubin and Topper die and he introduces her to, or introduces him to her what to his wife, and they're like, we want to take revenge on Sichi because he killed Topper and Mafubin, and of course Karai is just like, oh ho, ho this is getting way too good, and of course he offers them a chance to do so. I like that. And I'm uh, Okay, so there is one more idea that I had. I, I just got to think of it. Uh, okay, so it had to do with... It had to do with Karai. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, it actually... Uh, whichever one has time manipulation. I was thinking, due to the fact that, of course, they gained those abilities from their mother and father, well, I was thinking was due to the connection, I would say that the mother is the one with time manipulation. She's the one who has those abilities. What she was, a I would say what she was able to do is that Karai was able to bring them to the site where they, where they perished and 
she was only able to do this to the child that had the um, time manipulation abilities because she needed a stronger connection for it, or we'll make some logical reason for it. But she was basically able to rise him back up from the dead so they could do a family trio attack. Okay. If that sounds okay, unless you want to leave um, uh, that, um, uh, you know, which one ever of the twins, unless you want to leave them both dead. That was just a story pitch idea. We can go with whatever, you know. We're here to rough draft things, see how things go, just try and, you know, advance upon the story so we can use it for further reference. I guess, but I couldn't, would it be fair for the other twin that died, you know? Because I feel like if one twin was born, the other should be like, you know what? I died to the hands of this person. I'm going to get a taste of what's mine as well. If that, if you get that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. But I definitely would love to see, like I said before, I'd love to see the, I'm a mother and father, I'm a duo. I'd love to see that in action. I would love to see that play out and see how Sichi as a character handles that. Because I feel like that would be an amazing fight. But I feel like that would be further down the road, maybe when he, Sichi had finally met some other characters that might be able to support him. Because I feel like at that point in time, Topper and Mufubin were already pretty strong opponents. And the only reason Sichi won was because of certain circumstances, which were rage. And we don't know if that would be able to be influenced once more. And probably very likely that um, uh, the mother and father, which are probably tens of times stronger than Mufubin and Topper, they could probably do a pretty good number, if not kill Sichi. So, of course, we'd probably want to have some backup for Sichi, unless you plan on doing some completely further development or, like, some really far-in development to make sure that Sichi would be able to handle both of them on their own or on his own. Um. Knowing Sichi, he probably wouldn't want people to help him doing during due to the fact of he can't communicate, of course. He doesn't know he doesn't know how to speak properly, which I've said several times. And you know, he kind of just feel he kind of works on things on his own. That's the type of character he is. Even though he has a deep passion of like wanting to help others, which you don't see very see a lot due to this character being such a I ain't being such a rage head and being filled with such judgmental anger and stuff, you know, like being so closed from the world that to be raised in, he didn't have that contact with other beings or people that normally you think um, uh, you would have. But of course, due to the fact of what happened to him, he didn't have that kind of connection. The only connection he ever had was abuse from these characters that he just took his revenge out on. And so I could see where he could have developed, be developing trust issues from others. Well, but also knowing that not everyone is like these people. 
but not being able to communicate because he wasn't raised to be able it's hard for him to transmit his feelings, so he more or less thinks it's better for him to be off on his own because he doesn't exactly know how to connect with others, more or less try and make connections. Yeah, because he's, he's all about he's he's all about just anger, it's just anger. Doesn't know how to control it. Doesn't know how how his body works in a way, like how he can control himself. Which is why in the story, Karai gave him the father of hate because that's what he does. He doesn't know how to properly control nor say what he wants to say because. When he tries to, if he when he tries to, it's like someone gains control over that, and it's just like it it, it messes with him. As we seen with Saija, he put so much faith into her, and you know, Karai one day came and said, "You know what? I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take the very thing that you love away from you." And so I could see where Sichi could just develop different kinds of issues from that. And further develop negative thoughts or something of the other because of the things that have been inflicted upon him in the past. Yeah. yeah. So he more or less likes to work alone because he doesn't want those kinds of things happening again. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I can understand. I like I can understand. I can understand Sichi as a character because, of course, I've made him. Like I made him to have these type of feelings that not normally anybody would have. I know it seems like kind of a dark kind of thing with him, but like this is like this is like this is like a uh, a nice a good child, as someone says, pushed to the limits of his life. If that makes sense, this is yeah. This is someone that is like you know. I want I want to strive to be better, but you but you're pushing me to my limits. Yeah. See, to me, as you've explained Sichi to me multiple times before, and we've had talks like this in the past, Sichi to me seems like the kind of character that is more than willing to help others, but more or less just doesn't know how to do it in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. And... Sichi is a character that wants to strive to be his very best, but knows that the power he holds is uncontrollable. Well, which is why I could kind of see why people call him a another version of Broly from Dragon Ball. If anybody that in the future hears this doesn't know about, which I can kind of see. This is yeah, people will definitely be making connections. So, but I mean, CG yeah. will yeah. eventually develop into a character that will understand things, to my understanding. And sorry if I was interrupting you. I, yeah, I didn't mean to. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, CG will furthermore learn how to control himself, control his feelings, control his own power, which he has trouble doing. He has so much trouble doing because, of course, once again, rage is in place with all of that. And like you told me before, 
the way Chi has grown up, Atlas, normal Atlas characters shouldn't be going through something like that, which is why no. kind of, which is why his powers kind of mutated like that. Yeah, in, in terms of Atlas going off on a branch here, Atlas was meant to be a race that is, in terms of power, concentrated and controlled. And so being being introduced into an environment that is nothing but pure rage and agony and pain and those kinds of things, which is basically the complete opposite of a realm that they should be raised in, due to its adaptive nature, it adapts in a very different way, which gives Sichi different kinds of powers. But due to this, it gives him very unwieldy powers because it's not the way that Atlas powers are meant to be raised and meant to be morphed, I guess you could say. But eventually, Sichi learns how to control these things and makes it a weapon of unimaginable power. And one of the most unique Atlases in terms of um, uh, abilities and strength and um, uh, strategy, one of the most unique Atlases that the series will probably ever see. Because, like, yeah, like, with Mufuba and Topper, Sichi wasn't supposed to win that. Sichi really wasn't supposed to put, wasn't supposed to win that fight whatsoever. But, of course, this is what happens when you mess with someone that is literally a, a broken vessel, a broken soul in a way. Doesn't know what to believe, doesn't know what to actually control himself, doesn't know anything like a normal human being should. Or a normal Atlas being in that case should not. <coughs> Sorry. Topic, I feel like. Oh, it's okay. But with Mafuba and Topper, <laughs> they kind of, they kind of, they kind of ruin. They kind of ruin his his. They kind of ruin Sichi's breakthrough, basically. Like, he found Saija in the midst of all the things that he's been through. Saija was always there for him. And not once did Saija relieve his side, which brought him into a, a good emotional, a good, a good emotional breakthrough, basically. A, a good state of mind, you could call it. Yeah. Which, and so, you... go ahead. Oh, go ahead. sorry. No, go no ahead. you. Oh, okay. So, Basically, from what I'm seeing, Saizen, is that how you say it? Saizen. Okay. So she is basically sort of that safe haven that Sichi had. And if it, the relationship would have kept going, Sichi would have turned out to be, you know, more of a vessel that could control its power at an earlier stage. But due to the fact of Mufubin's and Topper's interference, that didn't happen. And so he had, I guess you could say, a mental breakdown, which then triggered his rage, which then led him to killing them. And then he had to start from square one because he didn't have someone to show him the way. Yeah, basically, basically. And so... Okay, so 
we've talked about Topper and Mufubin. We've talked a little bit about their mother and father. We've talked a little bit about Karai. We've talked about um, uh, quite a bit about Sichi. One thing I do want to go over, though, it, it's a small bit, is we don't need to brainstorm it right now, but something we need to start thinking about is definitely Topper and Mufubin's mother and father's name, unless you already have something set out. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, the father's name, I believe, was Tai Chi, and the mother's name was, I think, Toph or something like that. <laughs> yes, all right, and, all right. And yes, I get I get the name Toph from a little bit of Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, but yeah, my your characters, you name them. And we'll definitely fit them into the story. And so that that's a rough draft for that. And so uh, so right now in the story for Sichi, where did you leave it off? Where um, have you left Sichi's story off so far? So currently we are in the stages of Sichi being in hell. And we're kind of we're kind of nearing that um, fight for... Daikai, or no, well, not Daikai. We, we kept. Um, uh, he he renamed it. I'm a Riketsu. Yeah, yeah, Riketsu. Yeah. So. We're oh, I just that. realized why that name sounds familiar. Want to know why Riketsu sounds familiar? Sure. Remember Senketsu from Kill la Kill. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, like, Riketsu is bloodshed. And I mean, like, in, in, in Kill a Kill, not getting too much off topic, Senketsu did run off of blood. So that's where that... I knew Riketsu sounded familiar in a way. But anyways, back on topic. So you left off where it's getting to the point of where Riketsu and Sichi are getting to the point of where it's going to fight, but they haven't met yet. Yeah, so basically, Sichi is Sichi has been placed back inside of hell. Okay, yeah, because he because after killing Mafubin and Topper, Karai came around and said, "Okay, you're going back down to hell." I, is that a good recap? Um. Well, basically, um, after Mafubin and Top, well, Topper and Mafubin were killed. Um, Sichi had his little training arc. Then, of course. Saijin and Sichi had their little relations, and now they're kind of, now we're kind of in the stages of where Saijin has just now died, and we're going back to hell for a little bit of training, and then going forward for um, Ryuketsu and Sichi's fight, well, meeting, well, them meeting in their fight. Yeah, which will be, um, uh, when Ryuketsu and Sichi fight... Um, uh, I sort of want to expand upon that a little bit because Riketsu is not just going to pop up out of nowhere and just fight Sichi. Riketsu, obviously, because of how his story arc goes, is going to be introduced to Sichi alongside Cyrus. And Sichi already has bad history with Cyrus due to the fact that he was kind of a right-hand man in terms of what they did, what Karai did to Sichi. So Cyrus, so Cyrus is already recognized by Sichi. Okay. And so, it, 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 
if that's my, you know, that's how I would see it. And so, you know, CT, I would see him getting mad and agitated. But due to the fact that he knows Cyrus's powers, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't try and kill Cyrus because he knows that he's seen what Cyrus can do. He's seen him exemplify his powers before. And he and Sichi knew that even at the stage of power that he was at at that moment, he most likely would not be able to take on the abilities and power that Cyrus holds. And so, you know, as Cyrus goes about things, he's, you know, sort of toying with Sichi's emotions with words and everything before introducing him to Raiketsu. And, you know, after he's, you know, played around with Sichi with, with his words, getting him riled up, he gets him to fight Raiketsu because him fighting Raiketsu is not only beneficial for Cyrus himself because of plans that he has furthermore, but it's beneficial for Raiketsu too because he also gets in some quote-unquote training. And so I would say that Raiketsu is the first to strike because I would say that Sichi is smart enough to be skeptical about someone that Cyrus introduced to him. And Sichi exactly wouldn't want to fight, but fights back because of his anger. Even though he's tried his best to control it, when Raiketsu comes at him, he can't more he he can't hold the he can't hold back more or less just putting up his defenses by being offensive and letting out his rage. And without um, uh, Saizen, uh, sorry that I'm I'm probably saying that wrong. It's okay. It'll take but a due to the fact that she's not there to help Sichi anymore. It's hard for him to control that. And so when, like I said before, when Raiketsu comes at him, his first instinct is, of course, to fight back. And then that's how the fight starts. And, you know, Cyrus sits on the sidelines and watches the fight go on. And we will get into the details of the fight later on. Because, you know, right now we're just setting a rough draft for how things go. And, you know, that was a just sort of just a rough, like I said, a rough draft of what we could do. And of course, since it's your character, we can definitely do tweaking to that. Or if there's anything you want to do different, we can. But that's just how I would see things playing out. Because, you know, of course, Riketsu and Sichi are going to meet. And so that's sort of how I would see. But... Definitely, if you have different ideas, I'd definitely love to hear it. Um, actually, I really like it. I love it. I love it. I'm just saying now that if once we get things undergo, and once Tichi and Karai finally have their fight, hell will not be non-existent. And I'm going to say that now. I'm sorry if I spoiled it for anybody that are going to future that are going to read the story in the future, but hell will be a non-existent thing after. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely um, uh, Karai and Sichi's final fight is definitely gonna be one, definitely gonna be one hell of a fight. 
You know, there's no yes. other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. But I can't wait to see that, to be honest. Like, CT's and Karai's final fight, not only is CT going to have so much development underneath him at, um, uh, at that point, but it's just going to be an long-awaited moment for him. He finally gets a chance to fully get his hands on Karai and just beat him to death with all that he has. Chi finally gets that chance to kill the man that killed his father, that tortured him for, for eons, it seemed like. And he finally gets the chance to be the one who is his reaper. So that's definitely going to be a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal point for Sichi's story arc. And that's going to be amazing to see. And to see how Sichi develops after that is going to be amazing. Because in my opinion, I think that there are going to be a lot of demons within Sichi that are going to be relieved after Karai is, you know, gone. After he kills Karai, there's going to be so much that Sichi has finally been able to let off because of the demons that Karai put in him. There's just going to be so much that is just finally off his chest. And I feel like Sichi's going to feel like he can start anew. Because now that that... And completely decimated his life is gone... He, he can finally focus on other things. Well, and, I mean, of course, like I've said before, I feel like that's just going to be a great point for Sichi. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, but we got to remember that Sichi is trying to fight for resolve. But even when, even when Karai dies, they were, well, well, no, actually, I'm not going to spoil that. Once Sichi, yeah, I was about to say. Let let let's. Once Sichi finally, you know, finds, well, so-called finds resolve, he will never get rid of. He will never. Well, fuck. I mean, I mean, I mean. Um, it's all right. Take your time. I can't speak. Um, it's all right, man. Take your um, time. So, when of course Sichi and Karai have their fight. There won't be a resolve for Sichi, of course. He's still going to have, like, of course, his praised mind, his sorrows and everything, because he can't take back what has been taken away from him. Yeah, you can't take back what's happened in the past. So, of course, there won't be a resolve for Sichi to find, nor will he finally be at peace with himself, because most of the time... CT is just trying to find a way to bring everything, bring everything that he's lost back, but knowing that he can't. So it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like an everlasting thing in his mind, which is why we kind of have, why, which is why there's a saying that I have, CT has it down the worst because he's basically fighting a lost cause. If that makes sense, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense, at least to me, because, you know, there's like, 
it, I, it's hard to say, but I definitely know where it's coming from in terms of like the character development and all those things when it comes to like fighting for what may not be repaired kind of thing. I, I know what it's like. Yeah, because, I mean, like, far we know, Sichi could honestly control his anger, which people may seem, but that anger is too great, is too great for his own body. Honestly, like, it really is. If you get him mad to the point to where he just can't control it, or it's like, you know, there's state, well, let me say this, there's stages to his anger. No, there's there's stage one, which is like, okay, you know, he's leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not in the middle to do anything. Two, like, okay, now you really make me agitated. I need, I need you to separate yourself from me. Then there's three, I'm going to lash out, and then there's several on stages about it. And then the more angry, the more angry he gets, the worse he gets. He becomes like a totally new person. And then person. there's just eventually a point where his body can't take it. Which is why Sichi is kind of like a rage head in a way. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, you know, what had built up before then to make, to, you know, make it the way that it was. Like, the reason why he's so angry and how he has so much rage in him. Like, it just makes sense. And... You know, I would be, I think it'd be safe to say that there's at least five stages to his anger before he ends up killing, before he would end up killing himself from that anger or from that, from the energy of that rage. Exactly. Which is why, which is why it's kind of safe to say that we have kind of, we, this, which is why we say Sichi needs to be monitored at all times because who knows, someone could say something or he could see something and then eventually he just pops off into a full blind rage and end up destroying things and hurting others around him. Yeah, it could just trigger. There could just be any trigger for trigger Which, yeah, I mean, out of he's a not blue, a softie. just like. I mean, he's not a softie. If people, if that's what people are going to call him, he's not a softie. It's kind of understandable oh, why such things. It's because he just doesn't have an outlet. He doesn't have anything. He's basically lost everything that he has ever held precious to him, which is kind of rare to see from Sichi. It's just. I think it, all in all, Sichi is a very, very interesting character. Like, even though people may think, oh, he's just a character that's lost everything, you really just need to look deeper into it to see why Sichi is just a you, such a unique character. Because there's just so much that's happened to him. But even with that holds inside that could be one of the, one of his greatest downfalls he's still able to get back up from that and move on because he knows that there's some kind of not resolve but there's some kind of way to i guess you could say control it he knows that there's something that he can do 
And that's why he can get back up and keep moving, even though he has so much rage inside of him. And he eventually is able to try and control that. Well, try. If that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I would put in that um, even when he does lash out into a full-blown rage, it dies down. You know, like, it dies down after the fact he kills that person or that person just says they had enough and just disappear. Because for all we know, Sichi can honestly just keep going and become a a multiversal threat or not even more. Okay, that actually brings a question to mind. Okay. Oh, sorry that I was that I interrupted you, but um, uh, would if Sichi, you know, okay, so let's say like further in the story after um, uh, after Sizen dies, um, uh, if Sichi finds other characters that are you know, of importance like that. Do you think that at that point in time, even if Sichi went into a full blind rage, someone that he cares about could stop him? No. Like I said, that's that rage puts him to another state of mind. So if you're a dear... If, blind if emotion. Someone, yeah. If someone dear close to Sichi wants to say, hey, cut it out, it's not that, he will not listen. He doesn't point, even know who that person is anymore because he's in a different state of mind. Like for all we know, is that what you're saying? Saiza, yeah. For all we know, if Saiza was to come in, see Sichi like this, and she would tell him to calm down, he wouldn't even know who that is. He'll honestly attack her just like anybody else. Which, mind you, he doesn't know any better. It's just his body be consumed by that rage that he cannot can no longer control. Which makes sense because you know, just rage is a different part of you. So like, the fact that this rage just completely overwhelms him and changes his state of mind completely makes sense. But what if he ended up killing someone that he held dear would his anger calm or would it rage on it will because now he will find out that of course this person that he loved very much tried to help him he's going to continue raging on because he just killed someone that he cared dearly about like i said sichi doesn't know doesn't know how to doesn't know how to explain his emotions whatsoever He's not an emotional person. Like, he doesn't cry or anything. Only only, only times he would cry is when, of course, Saija died. And, of course, his dad passed away due to the hands of crying. Chi is not the one to cry or get depressed. He lashes out into a full-blown rage. That's the only thing he knows how to do. That's the only emotion that he truly knows is rage. Basically. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it as in the sense of. Broly, the old Broly, like I'm saying, because with old Broly, 
he took one good look at Goku and said, oh, I know this guy. He used to I'm going to lash out, and we're going to come. We're going to do a whole planetary dominance against him and his friends or whatever. No, it's not like that. Karai, I mean, Sichi only knows rage is because that's what he's felt for so long. Even when he's calm, he's still he's still angry. Like he doesn't. His anger never ceases. It just like anything. Like it's really small. Basically, yeah. Even when he, even when he's calm or asleep, he's still, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't become like a baby or anything. Like, come, become soft when everything is said and done. He's still angry. This is why he kind of has like a rasp, a raspy type of a raspy type voice on him, because his his yelling, his rage, his his body is just is constantly, it's constantly at war with itself. It doesn't know when to stop. And honestly, when you think about it, that's just, that's honestly really depressing when you think about it. The fact that your body only knows one emotion to the point of where that emotion is the only thing that you could ever feel and something that never goes away and that emotion being rage something that can tear you apart physically and mentally. And for Sichi to be holding onto it for so long, you can only imagine the toll on his body that he has had to take in a mental and physical sense and how much pain he must feel and how much agony he must be in because of all that rage that he has inside and the, and the storm that will never cease to stop within him. This, this is like, once again, this ties back to what, this is ties back to Karai saying. Karai called Sichi the father of hate because that's what all he does is hate. He hates, he hates. There's no, there's no end to his hate. Because everything that he has ever tried to gather up and keep to himself has been taken away from him, constant and many a times. This is why he. This is why his body is at a constant war. It's like rinse and repeat. He gets into a full blown rage, comes out of it still angry. Then, then that body, then his body waits for another, and another, and another. His body is tired and beaten. Like as we speak now, if I can speak in Sichi's sense, his body is worn out. It is worn out. Like it wants a resolve, but he can never find that resolve. It's like his body would rather off be dead, but you know, there's other things that keep him from doing so. Which is basically his mind. Because his mind says, you know, I can't. His body says, I can't do this anymore. But we're going to keep pushing forward. No matter if you're tired or not, we're going to keep pushing forward. Because Sichi believes that there is some kind of result. Yeah. Which is why 
like I said, it's a fight. It is a fight for the the the. It's I forgot what I said. It's like a fight for something. It it's a fight for something non-existent, which is which the non-existent thing is his resolve. He does he like he wants a fight that. for he a lost cause. It. That's what you said. Yeah, basically, like. Sichi wants it. He needs it. He desires it, but he can't get it. And so he's just at constant war with himself. He, and, his body just wants to end it all because of so much pain that he's in, but he can't because he's in the constant loop that he thinks that there's some other resolve when in reality he knows that there's not. So he's basically just chasing his own which tail. Which is why yeah, which is why I told you, like I said before, Karai is a constant reminder of the war within his body. Karai, and that's why he hates Karai so much. Exactly. And it's not because of, oh, you killed my dad. It's because anything that goes wrong, Karai is there. Anything that goes right, Karai is there. Anything... That doesn't even have to do with Karai. Karai is there all the time, whatsoever, just to see Sichi crumble and burn, just to restart. Karai is the one constant that Sichi, that is in Sichi's life. Karai is the oh, always that one constant, but it's always despair that he brings. For all we know, if Karai dies now, Sichi will never feel the same. He'll keep those same emotions. He'll wander and walk through the grass of plains wherever he goes with that same anger because of Karai. If Karai was to cease to exist now, Sichi will still feel all these emotions that he's feeling now because everything has been just torn and ripped from him. Even if he were to be the one that kills Karai, those things would still remain. He would think that there would be some kind of resolve from it. But in the end, even after he would have killed Karai, he still feels everything the exact same way. Exactly. Like, for all we know, Sichi could just honestly... Sichi could one day come to Karai, kill him, Go on about his day, just it, it, it just won't go. It just won't go. It's like it's basically like Gorilla Glue. Once you stick something into Gorilla Glue, it's staying. You can't pull that off. It's staying. Always there. Which is why, <clears throat> which, which is why, this which is why Sichi stays to himself. Like right now. Not to, not to, like draw anything from Ace, but Sichi, for all we know, he does he can't even trust Ace himself because just because of so many things that has happened. Like yeah, Ace considers him as a friend. Sichi does too, but he doesn't know that just because of how things have went so far throughout his childhood and his life, and especially the fact of when he was, especially the fact when Sichi was. Exile to hell, he was only but four years old. So imagine imagine all the pain and suffering 
and four years old for eons upon eons of being constantly beaten down, chained up and beaten down in one little room with barely anything to eat. That kind of sounds like a huge curse right there. It Sorry is. To come in. I'm trying to fix this goddamn mic for the fucking longest. Here we have our buddy. Let me get my notebook. Let me go get my notebook. This is interesting. I can't say shit. I just found this button, bro. This is oh, you want you want? Are you are you talking? I'm like yeah, like hell yeah, I'm talking. Let me just fucking talk. Thirties <laughs> like hour and a half. I'm trying to give CQ ideas, but I forgot right now. But it's too late now. This late. But anyways, like I was saying, <laughs> anyways, <clears throat> it's not all so, right. Like I said, it's kind of a curse. Though so you saying you want CQ to kill Karai, correct? Yes. Okay, and it's gonna and it's still gonna carry on, and like for centuries and centuries. Yes, like you said, it's for however curse. long CG lives, it'll always be there. That that's a curse. You know, you know. I think you should do it like this. So for Cry, yeah, he you say he kills the parent, and he then he's looking for revenge, something like that. Yeah, I would say that that kind of could be a curse. After his, after um, Cry's death, he, he just um, it's like a, some type of spirit that follows him, and it is it's just a constant yeah, like he, you said before, constant and constant reminder that he's the one that made his life miserable. Like it, like it's just like a like an instant replay of just his um, parents' death and him laughing and on um, sidelines. Like Sichi is laughing blind. at his never-ending pain. Yeah, like Sichi's that hurts. Sichi is blind. If for those who are gonna futurely see hear this, Sichi is blind. So just imagine, just yes. so just imagine this. You know, can you see his darkness? But there is always this on this ongoing distorted images of just like you're getting beat, you seeing your loved one getting just getting obliterated. You you see you you smell. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> My heart is said, You smell your fucking. Do you smell your mother getting her ass? <laughs> oh my! This is oh, oh my god! It, it's in crying, screaming, and hollering. And you, oh my god! You, you can, you can smell the blood dripping from her face. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, Whoever is gonna be watching? Wait, I am wait, so wait. sorry. Wait, um. <laughs> oh my god, no, no, see, no, no, oh my god. about his day, he's just like, Wait, <laughs> oh, just <laughs> start freaking out, out. <laughs> just start freaking out. No, since, <laughs> since your character is blind, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this, and I'm done. Since your character is blind. How does he know where to fucking go? He just walking around, just sniffing in the air, trying to figure out where to fucking go, bro. I mean, yeah, because he because his nose, he's always relied on his nose, and what his nose can do is when he picks up a scent, that scent creates an outline inside of the darkness of his eyes, which he, because he can't see, which is why the darkness is there. So when he sniffs the air, that's that scent creates a visual outline and creates like a very high defined image in his head. So basically it will be like monochrome in a way. 
he's seeing monochrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monochrome, it's like a light. It's like it's like a camera. When you pan it around and you can see like your actual moving, you can see moving every every which way you go. That's kind of like Sichi seeing, like Sichi's vision when he sniffs and gets that scent and gets that image. Um, mm. smell the balls of the. In my opponent, don't have to have a scent. The only the only scent I can smell is their pubes. <laughs> You know, okay, you know, okay, I'm not trying to say your character <laughs> weird, but it, it kind of gives me that one. Your character gave me that one, um, that one fight in a tournament of power when it was Krillin versus that one well, fuck that legit relied on smell. So if there's a, if there's someone threw some type of nasty ass on piece of shit at your face. You know, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to say he's an easy one because you already said that. Um, oh, he can uh, he can smell like any like object, human or anything like that. So he can instantly dodge. He's like, oh, what the fuck is that? And just, just dodge out of nowhere. Like, oh, the fuck is that? Why are you doing this? No, you just see his nose curl up, just like this. Turn to turn to a bright raisin. A turn. <laughs> Oh god! It's very gay. So, if he was to throw an energy blast, his nose, like it was shoot, it would switch gears. Basically, it it will sniff out the energy, which I have to come up with a way that's possible, because you know, anime versus. If I okay, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know. When someone's shooting an energy blast and it's coming from, their, you know how it comes from their palm, right, or any part of their body, correct? Yeah. It's basically it can be like sweat. So because when they legit like throw any type of energy out of their body, is it relies on um like the palm or their hand or feet or any or anything all over their chest. But you know when when they fire that or their breath, or stinky their ass breath. It, yes, you, yes. Thank you for saying that. Yes, yes, something like that. <laughs> Stanky ass breath, like Broly, like doing a breath beam out of his fucking ass. Anyways, so I mean, I mean, so uh, I mean, Sichi is like, (laughs) since Sichi only sees monochrome, he can base, he can, I can say, he can just see the heat signature off the energy blast, and as well as smell it too. That's smart. I like that one. That's smart. Yeah, because he. He could probably because he still has his senses. He can probably use you know hot and cold as a sense. Yeah, exactly. And that could probably like transmit to be like hypersensitive, in a way. The only thing I'm getting at is that, like I said before, with Karai, if Karai was to ever cease to exist. That pain, that rage, that agony, that every will always be there. Okay, so I, I'm not trying to like, um, like give you some help about how to resolve it, but you know, I'm not trying to take some bullshit ass Dragon Ball Z resurrection shit. But oh no, God. what if they, what if they were revived in some type of way? Would that, um, would that make him feel better? Any like any type of way, or would it just still be the same thing? Because it's instant images coming across his head. Okay, okay. So think about it like this. 
when you're resurrected, do you still have your memories? Um, no. I feel like I feel like that would be a no. Well, it honestly depends because there is spiritual resurrection, which would be resurrection of the soul, and then there is physical resurrection, which is resurrection of the body, which would mean that a that a soul could be put in the body's vessel or or the body, which would be its vessel, and then it would be a completely different person. But if you revive them spiritually, then yes, because the soul holds all of the memories of a being. So if you revive them spiritually, then yes. But physically, most likely no. Yeah, because they're going to have a different state of mind. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but still, even that if... That hurt, that hurt. My bad, go ahead. That hurt. Oh, even if, you know, Sichi's dad was to get revived, Sichi's lover was to get revived, and anybody that was close to Sichi in the store that ended up getting killed by Karai at some point, the images will still be there. And which he will not get over. All right. So I'm uh I don't mean to stop this so abruptly, but I think we should stop this here. And then I was thinking that the next topic or the next store or for the next podcast would be, you know, of course we will talk th- about this on other term or um, uh, um, uh, in other places and we will come back to the podcast and you know, relay the message of what we decided on. But I think that a good topic for the next podcast that we do would be this um, uh, sort of the relationship that Ace and Sichi go through and how that connects. So then we can get sort of a further look into not only how Sichi's character, character's emotions work, and but more or less a start to introducing other characters, you know, like I said, as an example, Ace and then people and then the story that happens between them, so then we can further on explain that. Sounds good. All right, so we are going to end this podcast here. This was the first chapter of Light Novel Character Building. And for anyone who was listening to this, I hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back next time.